Actually, no, I think it's August 18th, 19th. It's the 19th because August today is tomorrow because tomorrow is Starbucks happy hour. Oh, that's how you know? Yeah. Okay. This is WBOK 1230 AM. I am Dr. Adrian. And I'm Dr. Maria. And we are NOLA Ed Education for Liberation. We're happy to be here. Um, and this is our uh, day we're going to talk to um, candidates. We've been doing this all month. Right? People running for the school board. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. I don't know what Maria is doing. Are you, are you trying to get on Facebook Live? Yeah, of course I'm trying to get okay. on Facebook Live. And All I'm, right. you know, thinking about how, you know, we're members of local media that's trying to inform the people about their vote and how, like, two years ago, I didn't even know that votes for the school board mattered, but it turns out they're super important. They're very important. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm a millennial, no kids. No cable TV. No cable TV? Well, I have cable now because oh. I live in a community wherein I've put in roots and had familial roots. But when you're somebody like many, you know, millennials are, that's like doing one-year, two-year contracts. You don't get a cable thing. Really? So you don't, yeah. What do you do? How do you watch regular TV? Um, I used to actually get a service called, um, I think it was called Sling or something oh. like that. So they'll um, they'll have, like, the weather for your local your local situation but they won't um show like they don't have like a wdsu or fox 8 or anything like that um and like the big elections i like paid attention to were you know national ones and i actually i think that that's a big issue facing the democratic party because there's a lot of disinvestment in local elections yeah we're missing it if anything we should have learned by from obama the local matters right you know, you'd think that. <laughs> I mean, it showed us no, a lot. No, it definitely did. But um, but I, I think that that was just, you know, not on my radar because, you know, like I didn't even understand why when I lived in Ohio I had to pay like a school board tax, you know, and I was constantly like, how much is it? What does it pay for? Do the children get extra candy? Like, <laughs> what are they doing with this money? You would be one who would ask if they get extra candy. Well, you know what? Because like... I, because if you don't understand what school funding means and, like, where it goes to and, like, what it's doing. Because, like, I was under the impression that school boards or schools, rather, got a lot of money through, like, property tax. So I was, like, as a renter, doesn't, like, my landlord have to pay the property tax? Why am I paying it? Right. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, maybe it's something extra. Like, it's so nice that they have nice libraries. And then I found out, no, they didn't have nice libraries. That was a lie. Um, so, yeah. It's a very yeah. confusing world. It is a confusing world. But we are going to, it feels like it's like 3 a.m. 
No, does, you're does just, it feel late to you? It no, baby, late? you're just, you're just, you're just. There's no reason for me to be tired at I all. Was not I, I actually took a nap. I just don't know why. It feels like 3 a.m. I've done a lot today. What have you I actually done? Work today. Um, First of all, stuff. you are one of the hardest hustlers I know. So I don't know why you're being like, I actually work today. Like you don't have like three different jobs right. across multiple state lines. I'm just kidding. I'm and kidding. I know you made it sound like it was a oh, secret. Well, you've already said it on the radio, so if it was a secret, too late. Is, you know what? This is why I better never be well, somebody right. who needs to be like, um, like keeping a secret you to like an exposure. Because I'd be like, well, I heard from my deep source who works Mondays. <laughs> works Mondays at the Shake Shack. All right, you are so crazy. So we're going to bring on our guest. J.C. Romero. J.C., where you at? Hey, hey, Doc. How y'all doing? Uh, is this Kevin? Who is this? This is J.C. Oh, J.C. You just n- sounded friendly. You just, you, yeah, you sound so different. <laughs> yeah, she's like, oh, my I, God. I, I, am, I promise I am friendly. Okay. Um, it's really great to, to be here with you guys tonight. Thank you so much for the invite. You're more than welcome. More than welcome. We are we are interviewing people who are running for school for various offices, but right now we're focusing on the Orleans Parish School Board, which right. uh, every single seat is up and open this yes. year. And you are in um, District Four. Correct. And it's been a tumultuous ride for you already, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it has been, um, it's been tumultuous, you know what, but I've had, I've, I've had a lot bigger challenges and obstacles thrown my way in life, so it's just one of those other things to get over, but yeah, I've been, I got challenged by one of my opponents, um, at the very beginning, and the judge denied that challenge, the opponent wasn't happy, brought me to the appeals court, the appeals court, um, ruled again in my favor, and then just this week, early this week, um, they submitted a writ to the Supreme, the Louisiana Supreme Court, and the Louisiana Supreme Court denied that writ. So um, I feel super blessed to be able to just move forward now. There's no no other way or, no other way to go, um, and then just keep focusing on, on what we're doing. I mean, boy, just the endurance it takes. Um, to run for office for little old school board. So, JC, <laughs> I, um, am, I've been trying to figure out your biography. Um, so, and, and you've been a lot of, I mean, literally around the world, I, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, so born in New Orleans? Yes, born and raised in New Orleans. Uh, mom and family are from Nicaragua. Oh, Nicaragua. Uh, America. Okay. And, uh, yeah, born and raised here, uh, dropped out of high school when I was a teenager, went to Delgado, got my life together, um, got my bachelor's degree, uh, have a master's in curriculum and instruction from Northeastern, um, and a doctorate in education with a focus in sustainability, social justice, and participatory culture and education. And I want to ask about that, because you you went to UMSL. University of Mar- uh, Missouri oh, at St. Louis. Who did you work with? I have a good, good colleague there. Um, and so Jerome Morris, I don't know if he was there. When did you finish? So in 2019. Oh, yeah, Jerome's I, there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I believe he is 
part of there. They just started a brand new doctorate and just it's like social justice with a, a focus on race and ethnic relations mm-hmm. um, that I believe he's a part of. But yeah, so I worked with I don't know how many folks you know there. I worked Teresa Coble was mm. my dissertation chair. Okay. Um, and and, yeah. and I'm intrigued because I looked so they do you all did like a group dissertation or how did that work? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love yeah. <laughs> I love that you, you found this. So UNSO was trying to be part of one, one of the things you guys will know and I've I've um, I've messaged you guys before. I really lo- I love having a collaborative spirit and so I was really lucky to end up in this program because uh, it, it required us to collaborate. It required me to collaborate with educators from across the country. It was an online program. Hmm. But we um, met for about a week and a half every January. So I flew from Bangkok. I live in Bangkok. So I flew from Bangkok to St. Louis, back to Bangkok um, in January twice um, in 2017-18 to engage in research. And so, yeah, so we had to come up with a theme that we were all engaged in, or we were all interested in rather and then ended up coming up with dissertation groups based off of those themes um and so the the dissertation ended up being hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages uh because we all had to do you know our part and you guys know what what it all entails but um but yeah it was a group dissertation and it was a group defense it was a group everything collaborative effort um and so my specific research focuses on youth empowerment and voice okay Um, and so i worked with some teachers so i engaged my specific research um focuses on undocumented immigrant youth voice um because it's my you know it's the the sort of demographic that i come from but i worked with uh so like co-authors of my dissertation engaged with youth who were participants in the riots in the st louis riots Mm -hmm. during that time um, I worked with one of my other co-authors worked with indigenous youth in okay. Nevada, uh, in California. Huh. So, yeah, so it was really cool. I love it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I'm just intrigued by the, the group kind of, so did you have your portion and it had to be so many pages and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. That's okay. That's interesting. Their, their former Dean, I knew their former Dean moved to, um, Arizona state yeah. and, um, yeah. Yeah, so that was in. So you lived in Bangkok, and then you came and you worked for Einstein. Yeah, so I have been an educator in some form or fashion my entire life. So, um, so yeah, so I worked in. I initially started sort of my work in, in education as a tutor when I was a teenager, just kind of tutoring people in my kids in my area. Um, I often tell people I was one of those kids in kindergarten who had a chalkboard in his classroom because I always wanted to be a teacher. So, um, you know, I had played school a lot. And so I went from playing school to tutoring people to then working. Uh, I told y'all I went to Delgado, um, got my associate's degree there um, right after I got my GED. And then I'm sharing this because I got to admit to y'all, a lot of people yeah. think when they see me that I'm bougie because I like to dress nice um, <laughs> and, and because I can speak eloquently but, but I like to share my story with people because it is definitely not one um, at face value rather uh, and so 
So yeah, so I started as a student affairs rep at Delgado because I was their student body president at one point. Oh wow! Okay. So, and so I went from being a high school dropout to the student body president at Delgado, working for them for a little while. Then I ended up transitioning into what, in my research um, cohort, we talk about informal and formal education. So I went to being an informal educator and working for, I don't know if you guys have heard of Puentes New Orleans. Mm-mm. Um, it's a, okay, it's a Latinx development organization here in New Orleans. Okay. What's the and name of the organization? Puentes. Puentes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so they, uh, so I was their youth, I was their, uh, my title was coordinator of youth engagement, so I did youth organizing. Okay. Um, collaborated with a lot of other organizations in the city, the Rethinkers, Vela in the East, a lot of, of really great organizations doing youth engagement work. Um, but I was still missing that, like, I missed, there was that yearning for wanting to be in a classroom. So I ended up, you know, becoming a teacher, uh, taught in, in Orleans Parish here in Algiers. Where'd you teach? In, Where'd you teach in Algiers? At Havens. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right around the corner from where I live. Um, and taught in Jefferson Parish for a little while. I ended up going to Young Audiences Charter um, because I was intrigued by this idea of arts integration. Um, moved to Thailand, was an instructional coach, a principal, moved back, and yeah, now I'm the chief of staff. Okay. And so what w- was the nature of the challenge to your candidacy, the residency piece? I, th- I was trying to follow the yeah. the 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 thing on the paper, in the paper. Uh, yeah, no, Before I, we... guys, I appreciate these questions because I love the transparency. Thank you for the opportunity. You're welcome. Uh, be- um, so it was two. It was two challenges. It was one, the residency piece. Um, my opponent, one of my opponents, did not believe that I lived in the district oh, um, yeah. long enough. Yeah. Um, but you know that that was solved with a lease. Um, and I've been here longer than she thought um and then the second piece was because i lived outside i was a principal in bangkok from 2016 to 2018 oh. so she chose to be on state taxes in my 2017 taxes um, okay and it was because it was a full year that i was it was the only full kind of like fiscal year that i was or not fiscal year but like the full calendar year um that i was in bangkok so right um, I didn't. I didn't make any money in, in the states that year. So okay. Um, so there was that challenge. But yeah. Yeah, that's Thank a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. Um, if you don't mind, could we rewind for just a second? We have a yeah, uh, question sure. from one of the viewers uh, about how a group dissertation is re- is awarded. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, say that again. How a group dissertation is rewarded? Is awarded. awarded. Yeah. Awarded. Yep. Um, so. I think UMSL might be one of the few institutions. So my husband is getting his doctorate right now, and it's a cohort-based doctorate, but he's doing his own dissertation. Um, so I... Where is he at? Where is he? He is at Maryville. Oh, okay. University. Um, also doing kind of a hybrid model like I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so we still had to fill out all of the P forms. We had to do all of the examinations, just... It was very collaborative. So we had to meet every week to talk about our research interests. We had to sort of come, uh, like, refine what we wanted our research to be. Um, And so one of the, so the major theme with these, it was seven of us. So it was actually a big group. Um, That is a big group. So we ended up, yeah, so our theme was with youth, was youth voice, youth empowerment. And so um, each of us decided to, so we worked together to create this youth empowerment model. 
Um, so that was a collaborative design opportunity. And mm. then um, we ended up uh, we ended up creating this model and then implementing it in our communities. Mm. Uh, I think so that that's, yeah, I think that that implementation model is, um, yeah, yeah, okay. I think that that implementation model is um, what the, what the um, uh, viewer was asking about specifically in terms of how, yeah, like how an individual doctorate would be awarded for uh, group work. Yeah, so it was the, the five um, And then the question is, did y'all write one paper or, um, you know, one, like, were you accountable for, like, one chapter or like that? I think yeah, you had a whole so, section, right? Good yeah. question. So yeah. we um, were accountable, each of us was accountable for portions of each chapter. Mm -hmm. So it was very divvied up. Um, yeah, but it ended up being a really, really, really large book. I'm sure. It ended up being case, it ended up being case studies. Yeah. Um, so I had a case study within our findings, yeah. And they would have to have a lot of um, very explicit um, instructions on and kind of direction mm -hmm. on how the work gets engaged and then who gets credit for what and so on and so forth. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds yeah. like um, <laughs> it sounds like uh, the the model that you guys developed was something that you were able to then bring home to your base communities. Yeah, no, for sure. It's something that I want to continue doing um, just personally. I love, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a nerd, I'm a dork. I love doing research. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I want to continue taking, one, we're working actually as a collective to refine the model. Mm. Obviously, you implement something, you find you, you have findings, and then you figure out how to refine it. Um, but I do want to re-implement it with, like, a different group and try to see if there are any correlations or any commonalities or differences um, and maybe do it with a different age level mm -hmm. uh, of, like, immigrant, uh, Hispanic, mm -hmm. uh, Latinx, undocumented youth. Um, and so there was a piece to, and so this kind of ties into like my vision for the school board. Yep, I was going to ask you, what do you think the yeah. biggest issues are for the school board? Yeah, certainly. So one of the things that, that I found in my research was parents really wanted to have a voice mm -hmm. in education, right? Um, and so being that I grew up um, here my mom is seven in her 70s, still a housekeeper, oh, wow. um, doesn't, speak, doesn't speak English, right? And mm -hmm. so she had a hard time navigating the intricacies of public education. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's one of the greatest passions that I have is trying to problem solve around how we um, make access easier to achieve for people who may not understand how difficult it is to navigate public education in New Orleans. Um, and so that was, you know, like that was a theme that came up in my own research, and it's something that I talk about to people when I'm engaging with them as I'm talking about the campaign um, and just thinking about how we can do better, especially we're living in such unprecedented times. Yep. We have, you know, COVID, with COVID going on. Um, we're trying to figure out how school reopening should look like. Um, but one of the things that I think is most important is ensuring that the people who are in the trenches every single day, students, parents, teachers, um, feel valued and feel like their voices are being heard. So if I didn't feel that or if that wasn't of importance to me, I would have been a hypocrite yeah. doing this kind of research as a doctor, you know? Yeah. Um, so, 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 yeah, so that's sort of at the forefront um, of my of my thinking. And so, it's always like, what can I do um, as a member of the school board 
to engage in critical dialogue that better supports to find families. families. Mm-hmm. Support our families. So, JC, let me ask you something. There, there. Yep. So, you're from New Orleans. You, you know, have been, you know, here um, for the most part, with the exception of the kind of international travel. Mm-hmm. But, you know, some of the concerns that um, people have about um, public education in New Orleans specifically, and the the role of the school board is it's not really clear. Who controls what in a decentralized system where charter schools and you worked at Haven, so you know, and you work with Einstein, you know that it's not clear. Well, it is clear. It's clear that charter schools can do what they want. What's unclear is what level of authority does the school board exercise and can they exercise? And we've heard different. You know, there are different interpretations of Act 91, right, right. and it appears that um, the school board's interpretation of Act 91 is that they have no enforcement and no authority to mandate anything um, of the of the individual charter schools. And we see that now with the school reopenings. Right. right. Yeah. That that the that the, yeah. that yeah that there's no that the you know that's kind of laissez faire, um, and that the superintendent in many ways um, serves at the pleasure of charter schools. I mean right, he right. he there's no real it's not really clear how he operates. It, it's not collaborative in the sense that you know the school board takes in what what the community wants and then there's a kind of collaboration uh, or some sort of uh, negotiation between the community and the school board and charter schools it's the community wants something the school board ignores it and then they work with charter schools to implement what is best for charter schools and so i'm wondering how do you where do you sit in that given you know you've, you've literally experienced public education in New Orleans and a number of, you know, across a number of domains. Where do you sit with that now in terms of, you know, what you hope you'll do when you, you know, if you are elected on the school board? Yeah, so great question. Um, I think, so it's, that's a, it's a hefty question, and I think there are multiple layers to it. Um, so people ask me where I stand in terms of, like, uh, charter schools versus uh, director in school, and I think if I had to say uh, of the three candidates, I'm probably more of the the moderate kind of in the middle because I I understand um, and hear me out. So mm-hmm. I understand the value and importance of community schools mm-hmm. um, from a um, investment piece, right? Kids being in their neighborhoods and and um, engaging with the people that they are uh, growing up with, that are in their area. Um, parents have easier access to schooling, um, schooling processes. Uh, and so I think the idea of charter schools, Then, so then there's this other thought, right? So I, I'm not opposed to the centralization of, or the of traditionally run schools, but then there's this other idea of, like, the purpose of charter schools was to bring innovation and, like, a different way of doing schooling, right? Mm. Um, and so I was talking to someone um, just a few days ago, because uh, I, I don't have all of the answers, but I like to have conversations with people who challenge my thinking, and I think that's important. And so one of the things that we were talking about was, so we talk about 
we have networks that are high performing, right, that are considered high performing, they're doing really well, and often take over failing schools. Um, and so a lot of people ask themselves, and I've asked myself this, and this is why I think, I think this way, is well, if we have high performing networks, um, why can't we implement those highly effective practices in community-based schools, right? So if it's the practice and the way of doing things um, that helps to sort of shift the paradigm of what's happening in schools, um, why can't we then take those highly effective practices um, to have more traditionally run schools? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, so I, I, I'm kind of in the middle, um, and I think part of the whole this campaign process is being able to talk to people who are in the middle, who are on one side or the other, and trying to figure out what is going to be best for families to feel like they have um, not only the voice, but have easy access to the way that schooling is happening here. So I know that, like, I know that, again, like another layer could could potentially be, uh, I think about my mom a lot. So she's my biggest inspiration. She's the reason why uh, I do a lot of the things that I do. Um, and so I think about her challenges in navigating schooling and how that could have been three times harder if I went to school in New Orleans East because that's just where I ended up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I understand all of these, all of these pieces. And so I hope to be that, that, that collaborator, I don't want to say leader, but that collaborator with folks who are pro-charter, who are pro-traditionally run schools, who are uh, educators, parents, students, and teachers to try to figure out what is going to be the best way so that we're not constantly feeling like this is an experimentation process, you know? Um, So I actually have a couple of questions out of a backlog from our Facebook Live page. Um, One question is, um, how do you feel about being financially backed by the people who are also orchestrating the demise of public education in New Orleans? Uh, Can you say that one more time? I'm sorry. Um, It's a question about your financial backers. Um, Okay. And I'm going to soften the question a little bit because um, it's very directly phrased. Um, how do you feel? Do you feel like your financial backers are aligned with a vision of a strong public school system? Mm. And I, the emphasis I here is so. on public. The emphasis here would be on public and accessible. And then um, the question that's following up from another viewer is how much will funding and financial investment uh, sway your Mm -hmm. political attitude towards charter schools? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yes, the question is yes, I I would hope, because my messaging is consistent in that, um, you know, what I'm sharing with you guys is what I, I share with everyone. And so whether folks decide to back me financially or not, because... Um, maybe I don't pay 100% um, towards charter schools, and that's, um, you know, that's up to them. But, and then the, the last, the other portion of the question was, how will finance impact, uh, what was that? Uh, how much will finance impact your vote and your, and your, let's say, your policies? If you were to be on the school board, how much would the opinions and agendas of your different investors in your campaign impact the policies that you come out with? No, that's a, that's another great question. So it won't, and I, again, I really want to stress that, like, I, being middle, middle of the road and not having all the answers, um, to me, helps me have that independent voice, right? So I don't have to sway one way or the other. I think um, 
so so I guess the short answer is no. It wouldn't it wouldn't affect how I uh, do my work on the school board. At the end of the day, there are a lot of things um, that I have planned for ensuring that the people are at the forefront of what we do and that you know and that includes and, and i realize that politicking is a, is a i've learned very quickly that politicking is a gross game in the city yeah um mm-hmm. but one of the things that, that i was talking to my husband earlier was i'm committed in ensuring that people uh like teachers i said that earlier teachers students and parents through creating advisory groups in district four um are the ones who are telling me, hey, this is what people who are in my position, so these are what the students that I talk to every day, these are what the teachers that I talk to and engage with every day, this is what the parents in my community are saying, um, and I, I wholeheartedly believe that that should be the driving force of what we do and how we do um, decision-making in, in, on the school board. Here's my next question. How can we, so I know that your dissertation and your um, kind of kind of pedagogical attitude is really based around this idea of youth participation. How can sure. we have a vision for youth participation in a public school system where the charter schools themselves are individ- individualistic? Mm. Because even as you describe this idea of a neighborhood school, that's not actually collective action for the, mm-hmm. the youth in question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're asking how could we better engage them to, to be able to have a stronger voice when it comes to action in public uh, I'm, I'm actually more asking you to think about how strong a voice the youth could have if they're organized by school community versus by city community mm-hmm. or by ward community or district community. Yeah, I think the, I think they could, it could be very powerful if they were organized by school communities. I think one of the things that we don't, like one of the things that I have talked a lot about with colleagues and, and community members is we adults tend to get in the way of young people. Right, young people actually have great ideas, and they have solutions for a lot of the things that we are engaging in politically and educationally. And so, I think that um, that we are often the ones to blame for getting in the in the way of young people for often dismissing, being like, "Oh, you're too young," or "You're you're you know you're just a child, so you don't really know what you're talking about." And so that's kind of that's part of the work that I want to do is breaking that mindset. Um, so that young people feel more empowered to be able to um, engage in critical dialogue in schools, in communities, and, and, and help sort of shift this paradigm of what we're doing in education. Well, JC, unfortunately, we're run- I mean, this just wasn't enough time. I'm, and I can keep going, y'all. <laughs> we, we do have what well, we do we, have another person coming up after our break, on. but we would love to have you back on. The season is still we we're not Anytime going until the po- the third. Um, or, yeah, you know. so we'll we'll try oh, to get cool. you back on. Um, and we, uh, uh, you know, um, good luck to you in the race. I'm glad you were able to prevail uh, with all of the challenges to your candidacy. It sounds like you endured a lot, but, um, you know, best wishes to you. All right. Thank you all, Doc. Stay safe yes. and much love. Thank Same you. to you. Thank Bye-bye. You. Thank right. you. Bye. This is WBOK 1230 AM. I am Dr. Adrian. I'm Dr. Maria. We are NOLA Ed, Education for Liberation. We'll be right
you hear the news? Education for Liberation has a brand new time. Join me, Dr. Adrian, and Dr. Maria every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. Same substance, same impact, just a new time. So join the conversation on Education for Liberation every Wednesday at 7 p.m. All right, all right, all right. We're back. Hello, hello, hello. I feel like I want to rap, but I, I don't you know. I'm wait. I'm gonna wait. I'm wait. I feel like you I feel it. I feel it coming beginning. out. How are you gonna say I want to rap? All right, all right. I feel like I feel like I got a few bars. A few bars. A few bars. <laughs> this is WBOK 12:30 a.m. I am Dr. Idrin. Oh, we got a new viewer. What is your name? Oh, I'm Dr. Maria. Hi, Kevin Toussaint Griffin Clark. We are NOLA Ed Education for Liberation. It is Wednesday, August 19th, 2020. We are happy to be here um, on the airwaves, on Instagram, on Facebook Live. Facebook Live. You can watch us both on our Facebook Live page. Well, you could. I don't know what's going on with the WBOK when there's some challenges that some of us are having. You can call us at 504-582-9422. This week, we are, um, I keep clowning. Um, we are interviewing folks who are running for um, the school board. Yeah, we're learning. We're learning a lot. Yeah. There are a lot of people running for school board. There are a lot of people running for school board. And if you want to realize a new vision for the school board, this is the year to vote. Because... Um, the entire, like, all, every seat is up for grabs. All seven. Yeah, all seven. It's not a game out here. But guess what? Here comes the boom. That's what I heard. <laughs> Ashanta, Ashanta uh, I mean, Armtrees told me, here comes the boom. Is the boom here? Yes, yes, I'm here. How <laughs> are you, sir? I'm Mr. well. Whitten. How are you guys? We're doing well. We're doing well. So we had JC on. Um, we have not yet had um leslie we will reach out to her we have not you know we're we're this it's a lot of y'all running for office so we're trying to get through we only have an hour um but you your candidacy was all all uh was challenged as well right yes that's correct my candidacy was challenged um as well and um i had to take it to court that's bananas. And this now, is the only series of races that I've heard about where so many school board, like school board. Oh candidates. no, girl, honey, they were can't, they, anybody who was running got challenged. So someone actually, there was one someone running for a judgeship who got uh, ultimately yeah, got yeah, disqualified. Yeah, yeah I know um, it's a deliberate tactic that a lot of Republican operatives have been talking about using. A lot of Republican. Let's say it again. So boom, it's a deliberate tactic yeah. that a lot of Republican operatives. Did you have to appeal yours as well? Yes, initially when I um, appeared in court, um, the judge, the judge didn't favor in my favor, um, favored for her, mm. and I had to appeal that decision. Upon the appeal, the panel of judges did um, see it my way, and my name was um, returned to the ballot. Okay, I mean it's just a lot going on, and and you haven't she your the other candidate has not yet filed another challenge to the appeal, as far as you know. Um, no, she hasn't um, filed a challenge to that as far as I, um, I know. Um, so I'm back in the race. I'm back in the game. 
I mean, it's something else. You would think y'all about to run for the White House or something. Yeah, um, I didn't think that it was going to be that way from onset, you know. Um, the attacks were frivolous in nature, um, and justice justice prevailed, you know. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, Boom, you are a teacher. Yes. One of the – are there other teachers? I'm trying to think. Oh, there are a few other – I know at least one other teacher for sure. Yeah. Trying to think of all the people who are running because there's a whole bunch of them. There's a whole bunch of teachers, but some of them are, are um, more associated with TFA, mm-hmm. which I think is why it's like hard to remember all of the yeah. teachers who have like gone the traditional route mm-hmm. and then teachers yeah. who have gone And you went TFA. to Southern in New Orleans or in Baton Rouge? I went to both of them. I ended up graduating from Southern um, at New Orleans with a degree in biology in um, 2002. Okay, so are you a science teacher? Yes, I was a science teacher. Um, right now, I'm working with SPED students um, okay. with developmental reading and writing. Okay. Um, I've been a mentor. I've been an advisor for the federal um, program TRIO under Upward oh, Bound and um, Educational Challenge Search, um, where I mentor several um, students um, and help them on their, on their journey to college, you know. Um, so I have experience within the system from... Um, multiple perspectives as a classroom teacher, as a mentor, as an advisor, as an um, independent private tutor as well, um, and also as a, as a guy that went through um, public education in New Orleans in the 4th District. Oh, you did? So you're a West Bank? You oh, I see you, Aggies, yes. over there with your former mayor, Ren Nagin. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, he's an alumni of my high school. You are right, right. Um, I did attend um, Charger, Charger High School. Okay. I did attend that school. Okay. Um, I also attended McDonald's 32 and at McCarr. Oh, wow. Um, throughout my matriculation. So I'm um, Fort District. Um, Doing out. All right, you, 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 all of it. You got all of it covered. Huh? All the real estate across the river. All right. So, so what are your plans for District Four? My plan for District Four is to advocate for equality, transparency, and, and accountability. Equality and equity in education, meaning that all children deserve a right to a fair, equal, and equitable education. All kids, regardless of race, gender, creed, sexual orientation, whatever. Everybody needs to uh, has a fair share at education and transparency. Transparency in the policies and legislation that's targeted towards our students. There needs to be um, clear communications with the community and parents in reference to the things that are going to directly affect their children. Um, so parents need to have a say in that, and they also have to have a clear understanding of the processes in which um, is taken service the children, you know, um, be... accountability. Whatever policies that these school charter networks put out there needs to be accountable for implementing those policies and, and showing proven results. You know, um, if things are not working at that particular school, it should not be replicated, and that school should be investigated to see Uh-oh. if they're actually oh, adhering to the best practices you better say um, for what's good for children. Okay. I was just about to ask you about what a concrete example of that would be. So it sounds like some of the ways that you'll enforce accountability would be through investigating schools, putting them under review if um, the data coming out of testing or coming out of student graduation rates suggests that there's an issue with, of equity and equality at the school. Um, how would you approach keeping parents informed and engaged? 
Um, reaching out to the community. They should always have a community advocate on the staff, someone that serves as a liaison to um, reach out to those parents. Um, as a school board member, I will definitely um, serve as a liaison between the parents and the community and the governing boards of um, these schools and these charter networks um, to ensure that parents have a voice, the community has, has a voice in it. You know, but we need to create systems within these charter networks to where there's um, positions that um, they're set out to directly communicate with the parents and the students that attend their schools and the people within the community as it relates to the ac academic, um, academics and education of their child. Okay. So let me, so you teach in the district now, well, not in the district, you teach in a network. Correct. Um, and so you're at a charter school. And why would, why, what's your interest in the school board since, you know, charter schools have, they get to, why, you, they are autonomous for, for all intents. I mean, they really do whatever they want to do, and the school board is just kind of there. So why, why run for the school board when it appears, just as an observer, and I don't know if you experience this different as a teacher, but as an observer, it seems that charter schools can do whatever they want to do because the school board offers no um, enforcement of, of any of the policies that they put forward. They always frame them as guidelines and recommendations. So why be on a school board that essentially has no authority? Why not just try to um, have a leadership or an administrator role within the network that you're in? Like, what is the um, appeal? What, you know, why, why, why the school board? For several years, I tried to affect change through the position that I held within education, and that seems to be not effective. So now I have to go at it in a different angle. Um, I believe that the school board should serve as a, a centralized system to govern all of these schools. Um, there's no need for uh, multiple school networks within the city of New Orleans. Um, this is um, unprecedented. This is the first time in the country to where the whole system um, in a city is um, totally chartered, and it's independent charter that's governed over um, a handful of schools. You know, nowhere like that in the country does this exist. Um, I advocate for a centralized system to where the all these parish school board takes full autonomy over the control and the governing of these schools. Um, I'm in a charter school system now because that's all that's available, you know. Um, however, it's not the best. Um, it's a, um, Actually, it's a charter school experimentation. So do you think, I mean, I guess I'm wondering what kind of change do you think can happen at the OPSB level given that, you know, charter schools for 15 years have essentially been able to do what they want. And, you know, Henderson, uh, you know, lets them co-construct co mm -hmm. policy and rules and even their punishment. Mm -hmm. You know, so if they, if uh, just with the, um, and this is with um, just the reopening. So we were sitting in a meeting um asking him about uh, this was at the school reopening and the city council and they were presenting the reopening plan and I think someone asked them about the asked him about what is the you know what happens if if schools don't follow the process and there I mean at no point are, are schools ever held accountable it's we will go through you know the, the, the charter school network collaborated with Henderson um, and I say him 
uh, because in many ways, the, you know, he operates outside of the outside of OPSB. So, um, you know, I guess, I guess, again, I don't know. What do you how do you hope to 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 intervene at the level of. Being the an enforcer is supposed to do their job. How it's how are you going? What does that yeah, look I'm just, like? I, I'm just saying. How do you think that'll happen? Since it hasn't happened for 15 years, so what do you? What do there's you a, imagine? a lot of inertia. I yeah. think that's going to pull against you. So even in terms of issues like funding, um, so some of the other school board members, um, you know, our listeners have raised concerns about where their funding is coming from, um, and I think that the concern would be that because those lines of funding would continue to support them as their members of the school board, that even if you were voting for sanctions or punishment or advocating for like a harsher policy, that the bulk of the school board might not be mm. on that same page with you. Mm-hmm. So in that situation where you're the one that's like, hey, we got to enforce something. Hey, we got to do this. Hey, we got to do that. How would you respond yeah. if your fellow school board members were like, ah, eh, but this is pretty cushy. Like, I'm yeah. feeling very comfortable right now. We have to look at what's best for the children. Mm-hmm. This is not a self-serving position. Yeah. So we have to push for what's best for children and what's best for the community in which those children go to school. Mm-hmm. So if that's not at the forefront of our mind when we're making decisions, then What's the point of even having a school board? Yeah. We're supposed to ensure that these networks that have proposed to have their networks in the city are abiding by the charters in which they wrote. Mm-hmm. If we're not enforcing those rules, then why are we even there? Mm-hmm. So it sounds like one of your strategies might be to have the um, larger network of the charter schools um, penalize the local schools that might not be following the guidelines of the charters that are leading to that school being founded? Is that correct? If they're not following the guidelines of their charter, right. if they're not meeting the needs of our students, they mm-hmm. shouldn't exist in the city. Okay. Yeah. And, and then using that and then using that violation of the larger networks charter as a contract violation so that then you could say we take back our school. Exactly. Okay. And and this and is a where's the oversight though? Where's that, the, that's the question yeah, that we're that, getting on the thing. What was the how and I I I hope, you know, I'm I appreciate your energy around this yeah right and i'm just movie. wondering I, I mean i'm asking questions about you know specifics because you know you've been here we right. it's just like how does this happen though so where will the oversight because they don't have to give you their data that's right. a, that's that's so like i like what you're saying about equality and equity and penalizing school and investigating schools but the thing is is that not only do they not have to give you their data but they also don't have to they can massage it a lot you know, mm-hmm. and that's something that, you know, even at my public high school that was on the West Bank, um, you know, we had to talk very seriously about how to make the data be as accurate as possible. And there were some stakeholders, you know, in administration that wanted it to look a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, um, and there's a lot you can do with math, yeah. you know. So right. how do you how do you because I don't know what the oversight is now. Right. Um, so do do you. Do you advocate, do you, you know, push for a stronger oversight? You know, because a lot of people who... All these parish school board had governance over those networks to gain access to those said articles of data, Mm. then we wouldn't have to fish for data. Yeah, right, right. Because it seems uh, like... if If they were in a position in which they should be in order to be privileged, 
to those records, then we would know exactly what's going on without any manipulation. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Because it know? seems like it seems like the, the you know that that the school that OPSB has been very lenient with um, the oversight. So is it something that you create? You know, that's that's it's not something external. You don't have to recreate the will. Mm-hmm. It's not like we don't have other cities in this nation that have school boards that are over all the schools <laughs> within that city in that district mm-hmm. or that parish or that um, precinct. Mm-hmm. It's nothing that we have to. We had all these parish school boards that functioned very well. Mm-hmm. And data doesn't show that we were functioning worse than what the schools that's are true. showing now with the data that's coming out with the charter schools. And as you said, the numbers are being manipulated. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have a V-rated school, and that, and the actual number is like a 69 or something. Right, that right, nature. right. Or you they'll know? change the criteria but that you use yeah. to evaluate yeah. the school like year to year. And if they don't want to give us the numbers, and if they're saying that we're graduating kids and they're going off to college, well, those universities keep um, stats on retention. Let's see about the retention rates of those students coming from the schools in New Orleans at those particular universities in which they attend. So there's ways that we can get data and information to see if these students are being successful in the academic arena. Because if you're going to say you're college preparatory and you're preparing our kids for that future, let's see if it's really happening. And we can get empirical data from other sources if they don't want to give us the actual data. I just want to let you know, sir, that um, on our Facebook Live, you are getting a lot of clappy hands and cheers uh, cheers <laughs> and i think i want to vote for you so okay, thank you i would appreciate that appreciate that everybody vote for boom number 131 <laughs> <laughs> um what do you think your challenges are in this uh in this district four race because there are three of you now right there's three of us it's um ben cumbert leslie ellison and it's jc uh, uh moreno moreno excuse me Ro- mm-hmm. romero mm-hmm Romero. Mm-hmm. And so what do you think your challenges are for this race? Um, I haven't thought of my, my challenges in the sense of how they would come um, as a challenge. I think it will be a challenge for me to push the policies that I stand behind. Mm-hmm. But if I can relate my message to everyone in a way that it makes sense and we understand that it's attainable and it's something that can actually come to fruition – I believe that if the mass of people see that, then I can um, gain their vote. That's awesome. That's a good. That's that's a good way of phrasing it. Okay. It's also kind of a diss on your opponents, though, isn't it? Because you just said you yeah, don't consider all, them. I mean, I've been attacked in different ways already that I didn't think of. Yeah. I didn't know I was going to be in court, so right. I'm not yeah. sure how they're going to challenge me on what. Yeah. But right. um, um, I'm prepared for whatever they may throw. Mm. You know. So, um, and that's all I can do is be is prepared and stand on my platform because this is something that I believe in wholeheartedly. It's not something that I have to um, practice to say. It is something that I believe in, that I've been advocating for and fighting for um, for the duration of my um, career in education. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a strong advocate for kids. I do this for the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you couldn't pay me to, to, to do um, the work that I do in my heart, you mm-hmm. know, for, for the kids, mm-hmm. you know, and... Um, if at some point in time they wasn't paying teachers to teach, I would probably still choose to be a teacher because I just enjoy giving back to the community and helping sow seeds that will help my community advance in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, Maria's checking our Facebook. I am checking our Facebook. Um, 
<laughs> JC JC Romero just wants to put on record that Boom and I have had great conversations. I love Boom. <laughs> <laughs> That's... Man, JC, we done had some good conversations. You're absolutely correct. He's cool. You know, this is nothing personal. Yeah, we're just up for the same position. Yeah, and. Um, I'm going to be in the ring boxing it out until um, November 3rd. What? And um, may the best person win. May Boom but win. And you know, final question, it? though. Final question, yeah. though. Uh, how will you respond? What are, what are your concerns around finances? So oh. what are you going to do in terms of money? Um, how are you funding your campaign? And um, over the course of your tenure as a member of the school board, um, will you accept dark money will you be looking for funding or or stuff like that from this is a grassroots effort i'm asking for financial backing for my friends and everyone that believes in my mission and my platform um i'm funding it myself i'm funding it through family i'm funding it through friends um i ask that you just go to my facebook page my campaign page and look at the links and its various ways in which you can donate and that's how I'm funding my campaign. Okay. You know, I'm asking for people to volunteer. I'm asking for anyone that can provide some pro bono work as it relates to any aspect of the campaign. You know, um, I don't have, um, I have a teacher salary. We don't make that much. But all my extra funds is going, is going to that, you know. Um, and that's how I'm financing myself. When it comes to people offering money that I'm not supposed to accept, I'm sorry, but I can't accept that. You know, yeah. I'm only going to deal in upright, legitimate ways, and mm. um, that's the way I'm going to function. Mm-hmm. You can't buy um, a, a vote for me. You can't buy my consensus because um, I'm going to stand firm on my beliefs. Yeah. If your beliefs don't align with my beliefs, then um, we, we can't roll together. And and I want to say um, two things. One, we didn't give JC a chance to to share his. Um, campaign information so jc you can either send it to us mm-hmm. or post it on our facebook page yeah and, and we'll share and we'll it. make sure we'll share it um, as an individual post so that it gets attention as well and um and boom your opponent the incumbent so must- just to confirm you are uh-huh. not funded by leslie jacobs sarah usden their Uzden. family Uzden, their family members or affiliations that's nah. the question. Okay. Okay. So we got a straight up no. We got a straight up no. That in no. The, in the no. Um, no. And the other issue that I want to raise, I mean, the incumbent must mm-hmm. be really, uh, I mean, there's a lot to say, but but to challenge both of her challengers and to go to the lengths that she did says a lot about you and JC. One, that you all fought to stay in, right? And that someone yeah. would try to eliminate you. In yes. in a, in in this way because it's not cheap to um, to go to court. Did you represent yourself or did you have an attorney? Well, initially I represented myself. I didn't have enough time to um, seek legal counsel. Mm. Um, I was actually served on a Monday afternoon and had to appear in court on Tuesday morning. Oh my gosh! Um, school and work had already started for me, so I didn't have time to even um, solicit a um, legal representation. So. Um, I gathered my documents. I represented myself. I presented what I was challenged on, and the argument became something that wasn't in the original petition. Mm-hmm. So um, in lieu of that, the judge made a judgment based upon that argument. Mm-hmm. So when I appealed the decision, um, the judges saw that um, the judge made an error in ruling on something that wasn't documented in the original petition. Now, that attorney could have um, entered that um, argument but he had to go through the legal parameters in which to do so. He did not follow those guidelines. Um, and so 
what was in question was my taxes. Mm-hmm. And I was I proved that I filed my taxes for all the respective years. And the reason that they didn't see state taxes for um, 15, 16, and 17 was because I resided in Houston, Texas okay. at that time. Mm-hmm. And Texas doesn't have state um, um, state taxes. Uh-huh. So initially I presented all the information. And, uh, I mean, I use a reputable company. I use H&R Block. Yeah. So I didn't think I was going to have to appeal it. But I appealed the case. I won the case. And I'm back in it, you know, yeah. but it did cost me time. It did cost me financially, but um, it didn't sidetrack me, yeah. you know, because I kept campaigning. I believed in what I was going to do. I didn't believe that I was going to be out of the race. So I kept on uh, implementing the plans that I've um, laid for this campaign. I mean, you know, running for office ain't for the faint of heart. They, I mean, these this people sounds go- like... Right. Like, like wow. I'll be honest, my dad does my taxes. Right. But, <laughs> like, but people are just all up in your business. Right? Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. And I mean, I was telling on something that didn't even pertain to, to this seat. It didn't pertain to the students. It didn't right. pertain to education, the community. It's like, yo, just debate. Just, the just issues, challenge right? me right. And on, I mean, on, some, on the issues. Right. You know, not anything else. And that's what I was looking forward to. That's what I am looking forward to. And now that I'm officially back in, that's what she's going to have to do. She's going to have to defend her stance, and I'm going to have to defend my stance. And may the best stance win. May Boom <laughs> stance win. Boom stance is going to win. Okay. Well, okay. fun fact, apparently most people over the course of their day commit about... Fun fact, apparently most people over the course of their day commit about 17 felonies. So when you run for office... People look for the 17 felonies. You got it. <laughs> I'm trying to uh, think. What I don't know I what all today? of them are. Oh, I don't know what all it's of just them. Possible that you could it's just a just div- yeah because there's like a bunch of laws that people don't pay attention to, like wow. about cheese. Well, okay. Well, um, boom. Uh, we want to thank you, Mr. Witten. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us, and uh, glad that you were able to withstand. You and JC were able to withstand. <laughs> I mean, it certainly took a lot. We of had a lot of participation online. So yes. both of y'all came with your yes. with your with your supporters. Yes. and your A game. Um, so thank you so much for joining us. Good luck to you in the race. Thank you very much. Thank you very uh-huh. much. Follow me on social media, every platform. Everybody, boom for boom. All right. <laughs> This is WBOK 1230 AM. I am Dr. Adrian. I'm Dr. Maria. We are NOLA Ed Education for Liberation. We'll be back next Wednesday with two more guests. I just don't know who they are, but we'll be we back. Know, we, it's, we don't say I that. I know that we'll we be back say, on Wednesday. We say we're going to be back on Wednesday with some surprise programs. Surprise guests. Thank you, Jazz. Bye. I don't Bye. know why I'm waving. No one can see me. <laughs> <laughs> Look at her. Look here. She's waving. Wave. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.